Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to pay our last disrespects. Fuck you, it's grunt work. Sorry, Miss Borland. I am for real. <laughs> Never meant to make fun of your weight. Tim mm. should apologize a trillion times. Yeah. Yeah. Al Borland's mama drama. Don't like Tim. She's just living her life, giving birth to the greatest man who ever lived. And Tim's out there trying to be an asshole. She need to get a piece of the tool time pie and take Tim out by his house and disconnect the cable, and turn the lights out, and let her know about Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV show Home Improvement, that when the shit hits the fan, it comes out smelling like roses. <laughs> I am your host, Landon, the Binford Man Solano, joined always by my co-host, Truman, also the Binford Man Caps. Truman, <laughs> it's Binford to see you. I, Binden, it's been for to bin you as well, Din. Uh, yeah, I'd, uh, you know what? I wish that I had a fan that made things come out smelling like roses because the fan that I have blowing at me in my very warm and sweaty uh, little room right now is just recirculating the air that, that already didn't smell great and is only getting worse <laughs> as time goes by. Um, un- unless, the- unless shit hitting it is the secret, but I don't want to test that out. I okay. I don't have too much home improvement corner this week, um, but I do have a mention uh, of like I've never had central air before. You know, mm. out in L.A., I had nothing at yeah, all. I had windows course. that faced north and south and re- re- absorbed the heat from the roof and the reflection of the apartment building next to me. Yeah, um, but you were yeah, but you could you could go to the beach anytime you wanted though. It's really cool <laughs> off, right? Right. It's just as good. I could. I never did. Yeah. I hate the beach. No, uh, of course. No, I don't and know anyone who goes to the beach. In um, my first apartment here in Wisconsin, I just had like a wall unit uh, for AC. So this is my first time like with central air that goes, you know, multi-floored. Mm. And mm. Uh, I didn't know about this last year. I just learned about it this year. About uh, And I learned about it through the bad air quality that we had. Um, yeah that there's a circulation uh, option on my thermostat that basically Mm. just uses the internal fan from the furnace and moves the cold air from the basement up to the top floor and kind of just moves the air around the house. So it's a good way to keep the place cool uh, without bringing in outside air, i.e. the bad air quality. And with this, I have not had to put my AC on once this year yet. Okay, cool. So another big climate flex from Landon over here. Uh, I'm. That's that's great. You know, I I've been I've been kind of like I haven't set up the various portable air conditioners that we use to try and keep the apartment relatively uh, habitable during the summer months. I've been instead being like, oh, we'll just we'll just open all the windows at night and then and then you know, kind of late morning we'll close them and that'll trap all the cool air in the house and it won't get hot. No, that never works. That's not how well, you, anything you also works. have to put blinds up. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, 
the the thing the the problem with that is that we have all these house plants and we can either have dead right. house plants which yep. I don't want because I love our house plants or we can have um you know this is... or we can have whatever the other option is it's too hot for me to remember how I started that that uh, that sequence why I I love my current houses now I have east and west facing windows and so I have all my plants on the west facing windows so they get indirect light all day mm-hmm. long mm-hmm. Uh, granted mm-hmm. that means I can't have any plants in my bedroom which sucks but uh I plants. I can shut the blinds you know right when the the sun starts to seep into the windows at about 5 p.m. Mm, that's good that's that's uh, that's good climate control strategy man do you want to talk about climate control for the entire episode today because that's kind of like a a happy topic that's like not unnecessarily <laughs> cruel i hope you are ready for some diversions and background uh uh pulling outy stuffs uh pu- pulling outy stuffs excuse me landon what uh th- look this wouldn't be the first time you've been looking at that sort of content when we've recorded but uh not <laughs> never this early in the episode <laughs> Oh my god, I can't even, I don't even want to begin with this episode, and you know what, Truman, this is our last non-finale episode. I know, it's, it, it, this, this episode, for all of the things that we're gonna say about it, it really, it, and and I guess to some degree the last episode as well they kind of set you up on this glide path of just like okay well we know we we know what the end of the show is going to be we you are just angling us into the the final battle the, mm-hmm. the final boss of home improvement which is matrimony I guess and I I don't know on some level I'm I'm kind of thankful for this episode to go like when you know you're going to be moving away and it might be hard but then like the person you're moving away from just kind of says a dickish thing before you go and you're like well that made it a little easier <laughs> yeah yeah no it definitely uh, you know it's been it's been a lot of thoughts and feelings as we start to uh, wind down the show but this episode was really sort of a a really densely packed reminder of of all of all of kind of the worst impulses and instincts <laughs> of home improvement and i'm trying now more than anything not to let this sour my memory of all the really great times I've had with the show and all the great moments, but who boy, this was a, this was a rough one. And, um, and I'm yeah. going to try uh, for myself to keep us from going to our angry place, uh, okay. <laughs> too much. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to go to the angry place with only four episodes left and, and this being our last non-finale episode. We should, we should make a podcast called the angry place with Truman and Landon because <laughs> there's so many places that we can go. Us two particular people who have a lot of things that make us angry. Truman, uh, we watched, uh, clearly there's no room for us to watch the wrong episodes anymore. No, no. I mean, <laughs> so I might watched, find a way. <laughs> we watched an episode this week. I know it's the same one. Do you want to, yeah. do you want to let people know what happened? Yeah, I do want to let people know what happened. This week on Home Improvement, when Al tells his mother that he's planning to propose to Trudy, she dies on the spot. Yes, seriously. As Al struggles to manage his grief, he begins to blame Trudy for what happened and begins to have second thoughts about the engagement. Yep. <laughs> okay, great. G- good job. Yep. yep <laughs> Sorry, yep. My, I, I had already, like... My head already fell in my hand uh, as you were recapping that. Yep. Um, Yep. 
Oh, you want to guess the title? That was yes, really I, I do. You just get you just get closer and closer to David Lee Roth. You know when you're trying to boost up that energy. <laughs> All right, guess that title. Uh, I have three options. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> uh, that is that is Axl Rose, but it's fine. I like you. You also get into Axl Rose territory. Um, so first option. Okay. One wedding and a funeral. <laughs> a little too many things going on in that. Uh, oh, I'm I'm sorry, Landon. I think there's like two things going on in that. That's too many things. I mean, it's a it's a play on a, a popular movie that came out slightly before this. Yeah. And you're trying to ram. I, I think it was just funeral. I'm- that's that's one thing. That's one wordplay. But you're doing two wordplays at once. It's it's a little too much. I, I, okay, for, I'm not ramming anything. Okay, it, the, <laughs> the word "al" is in funeral. Okay, so yeah, but you're I just, overemphasizing it. Oh, yeah, yeah, man, don't emphasis police me. I can, I, like, who, who's to say I can't put a hat on the hat? We're one episode away from the finale right, trilogy. Right. Yeah, I thank just you. Pictured Hattie on Hattie, and I'm I'm all for that kind of action. Exactly. Okay, that's that's the that's what you've got up on your browser right now. All right, next option. Dead ringer. Think about it. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know exactly. what? Here's the thing: is and I'm not being glib. I wouldn't have thought about it unless you said think about it. And because <laughs> I thought about it, I actually really love that title. I should just say think about it after I say everything. <laughs> maybe maybe that, that maybe that's why I haven't had more success even, in my life. Is I'm not prompting people to think about what I say. Even the things that have no real meaning to them, you're you're putting it on someone to find something you didn't intend and making you look smarter. I like this idea yeah, a lot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know what? Yeah, draw, draw your own conclusion and then call me a genius. That's uh that's how I want to live my life now. Uh Last option, speaking of me being a genius, morbid propose al. We're going with the second one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, Landon? I, I feel I wish you could just relish the fact that we are almost out of opportunities for me to annoy you by by putting Al into the title of the episodes. It's warranted here. The whole episode's about Al. We and the show. Honestly, I almost feel like the show's kind of taunting us, being like, what, you guys always say you wanted more Al-centric episodes. What? What, now you're not happy? <laughs> God, bring me back to elementary school. Um, <clears throat> elementary school. Oh, for God's sake, dude. Uh, <laughs> Going to the angry I, place. Listen, we have two episodes left. This, this is one of two. The penultimate episode where you can take a wager at the actual title. Because mm-hmm. our our finale is a, a three parter, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to walk you through guessing what this title is. Okay, and it's close to your second guess. Okay, but it's more infuriating. Oh no! I already know what it is. You got it. I can it's, feel it. It's dead weight. Yes, it is. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I guessed the title. Do we all get chalupas now? Uh, it depends if you get the ER games and I get our uh, current count. 
yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Or we don't have to do it. I don't. I, I kind of don't want anyone. I don't. I kind of don't want anyone to get chalupas off this episode. It would be Fair like. Point. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's agree. it's like it's like taking your engagement photos at like Dealey Plaza where Kennedy got <laughs> shot or something. It's like should we? Is it maybe in slightly poor taste? Yeah. Right. Especially Taco Bell with this being a entire twenty two and twenty two twenty six second episode. Uh, 22 minute, 26 episode, 22 minute, 26 second episode about fat jokes. Yep. 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 <laughs> uh, why don't you get, give us the technical specs of this episode so I can ask you about your personal <sighs> reflections. Oh God. Okay. Dead weight aired May 18th, 1999 directed by Jeffrey Nelson and written by Jennifer Salata. Now I'm gonna. Writers are on strike as of this recording. Yep, and as of the last few. I hope you're getting your residuals from this episode. I I, I completely stand up for your right as a writer and all the the things that come with that and fair wage and and renegotiating contracts with new technologies and and fighting the AI battle. Yeah. But I will not defend the actual content that you and the other writers in the room wrote for this episode. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Landon, how'd you... So, yeah, elaborate on that. Tell me how you felt about this episode. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, I'll, let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have an under 10 words, uh, under 10 word reflection. Okay. This is a dumb episode and I hate it. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get more succinct than that. It's, you know, but more than a, like, it's, it's, I don't even know if I'd call it dumb. It's a mean episode. It's it just is a mean episode. Really mean. It is shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 when we hit this, I was watching this the other night and when Al's mom dies and she dies basically on camera when yeah. it was, when it became clear that she was dead, I started just making such loud noises that my girlfriend came rushing in thinking like something was wrong. Like, I'll admit, I was laughing, but I was laughing in the sort of way that it's like, they did not do this. They did not think <laughs> that they did. They just they they did not yeah. fully turn this. They did not kill a major character who one of the other major characters cares about very deeply on basically on camera and just immediately go into jokes about her being dead. But, but they did. They, they did. did do and that. there was a moment when I, I tried to check myself and give the show the benefit of the doubt. And I will probably go into a, a Monday morning writer's room <laughs> in the deep dive. When do we not? Uh, but I thought for half a second that they might go in a direction of Al finally putting his foot down with the the mom jokes. Mm. And like, she's fucking dead, dude. Get off my back. She was a good woman. And Tim might learn a lesson. Did they do that? Did that happen? Yeah, yeah, they did. That totally happened. Oh, yeah, I wish it was great episode. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, we got him. We got him mixed up. I'm, I'm on Earth B, where home improvement <laughs> is woke. No, that did not happen. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it was just. I mean, it's the weakest joke of the series that just won't die, 
Well, until... Not to be ironic. Yes. And... Then it's just like and goes into overload. I just I there's every time you think they're gonna get away from it and they're like, okay, they got those jokes out and this is gonna be about Al's experience. It just circles right back to it. I I mean we've been like I have just sort of tuned out the Al's mom jokes more recently. Or I think I try not to like shine a lot of light on them or complain about them because it's like. They're they're cruel, fat jokes, and, you know, it's like we have the benefit now of being able to look back and know that that was wrong and that's not okay and that contributed to a culture that continues to hurt huge numbers of people and, and fuck up all kinds of stuff. And... And and this episode, every time I tried to look past that and be like, okay, just assess it on its, it's there's nothing. Like they for they they were really like, we're giving pe- the people what they want. We're, we've got a few episodes left. Let's just do everything on our bucket list. And apparently, something on their bucket list was an episode that is only fat jokes, not an episode yep. that has some tangential fat jokes in it. We've got to really square them all up. The the thing is, that is also frustrating is that on a lot of levels. There's a lot of really technically complex and impressive stuff going on in this episode. Like the way that, <laughs> like when when Al's mom collapses at the restaurant when he gives her this news. There's this wide shot where you kind of, you know, she's always off camera, but she falls and just everything in the room shakes like an earthquake. And it's like on a technical level, rigging that up mm-hmm. was difficult. Not, Getting it to work in one. And not shot, only that, it it had a ripple effect. So like yes. The tables didn't all jump at once. There was like a it, it moved outward, which was uh, yeah, I agree, technically impressive. Yeah, and 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 you know, and the uh, there was uh, you know at one point Tim is backstage consoling Al and saying you know well hey you know your yes your mom is gone but nothing else has changed and then they immediately smash cut to Heidi doing this new ridiculously like over the top sexed up tool time dance and it's like on an editing level that like smash cut like that sells mm-hmm. a joke in a in a kind of clever way. It, like, there's a bunch of stuff in this episode where a lot of effort was put in, a lot more effort than they've put into other episodes. A lot of effort and artistry went into this, but it's to create cruelty. Just cruel, yes. yeah. mean-spirited Agreed. jokes. It's wild. It really and is. I have, I have more to say about that, but I, I will point out that, uh, and I, I've pointed it out in the past, Almost every time you mention the technical aspects of an episode, it is directed by Jeffrey Nelson. Okay. Uh, so he's he's clearly our, our – I wonder if he, like, maybe started in the special effects on this show. I'd be curious. Uh, hmm. But he certainly knows how to utilize them and, and, and use it to tell to, – to emphasize a, a scene or a moment uh, rather than just rely on it as um, a joke. Yeah. But it works as both, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah, I see that. I see that. Um, doesn't I'm looking right now. I'm just I was curious. It doesn't say he worked um in special effects, but what's interesting to me and I I would love more information on this. He did work as a main title designer for Space Jam, which we know that uh Jim Prater also did. Um oh. who is the the guy who does the transitions and some of the other special effects on the show. So there, there's some connective tissue there. Yeah, yeah, some, some, you know, connective tissue, uh, and it's one of the, uh, one of the nerdlex or whatever those, those uh, aliens are called. It's connecting their, 
their arm to the uh, basketball that they are dunking in that game against the Toon Squad. Haven't seen Space Jam in a good long time. Um... <laughs> Well, do you, do you want to look? Do you want to uh, get up and and slam uh, this episode? Let's take a moment to gather ourselves before we say a few words in the deep dive. Yep, yep, yep. So we start out on the set of Tool Time, where uh, Tim and Al are introducing the show, and they are repeatedly saying the word Binford. Binford bl- branding, not blanding. Binford branding is uh, stamped on everything, per more oversight from Bud trying to keep the show on track. Uh, their guest today is a, uh, a diamond cutter from South Africa, and he's going to teach them about how diamonds get made and polished and everything like that. And uh, there's a bunch of jokes about how diamonds have cleavage and things like that. And then uh, eventually Tim is trying to polish the diamond when it uh, gets loose and gets rocketed all around the uh, set and knocks a bunch of things over and then lands between Heidi's boobs. So so horny. (laughs) So So horny. We we didn't even mention that this episode isn't just cruel, but it's also very horny and probably in the worst way. (laughs) Yes. Um, okay. Uh, so I, I okay. I already need a diversion, so I'm gonna just gonna start here because the the first shot we see is the Grunt Creep trying to rub the Binford Tools logo off the of the screen, which is kind of funny. Um, yeah, it's nice. Uh, but as we start panning along uh, the Tool Time set, we see all these Binford signs everywhere, and this I, I okay. I realize, and we're going to get to it in a moment, that we lose one big theory in this episode. And oh, right yes, at we the do. end, I lose my favorite theory. Mm-hmm. But I think going off of last week, we we maybe have a new theory. Okay. <laughs> that I, I'm even Lighten more on game. board for, which yeah. is Binford is just a sticker company. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, th- th- but. Th- but where does the, how are they making that much money off stickers? Like how well, do because you... they they're they're rebranding things that already exist. Yeah. So but then here here's here's what I'm posing, and I'm not going to pretend to understand the mechanics and and business side of how manufacturing works. But yeah. they look for companies that are about to go out of business, and they they maybe buy wholesale the items that have already been created and then put a Binford sticker over the logo of the place that went out of business. So Mm. you get like we pan across here and we see the Binford magazine rack, the (laughs) Binford bookshelf, Mm -hmm. the Binford knives, Binford electric, uh, electrical, uh, something. I can't, there's a glare on it. I can't read. Binford Binford hand. Bah. Yeah, ah, for sure. Even though it's just like a glove holding yeah. a tool belt. Um and so okay. That's that's my theory and I'm sticking to it. They're just a sticker company. Okay, you know, oh, uh, the I guess it would also sort of make sense what with NAFTA and 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 how uh you know, all those automotive plants were going out of business in the 90s like I guess they just were going to the factories and putting their stickers on stuff. Although I guess at that point, then they should be making automotive supplies because they're just putting their stickers on all the all the factories yeah. that are out of work. Hmm. Um, yeah. Well. Okay. You know, you you talked about stickers. I talked about the collapse of American manufacturing. We're off to a great start <laughs> on this episode. 
I want to. I want. I have more more scene stuff to go into here. Okay. Um, do you want to know what's on the Binford bookshelf? Do you want to uh, like we've seen the magazine rack and we've seen the books many times on the set in the past, but we've never had a clear shot of what's there. Do you want to know some of the stuff that's there? Yeah, tell me some of the great stuff that's there. Okay, here's here's some magazines. Tell me if you pick up a, a, a who who the who do you think the subscription is written out to when it's sent to the tool time set okay okay can't wait it's all nintendo <clears throat> power uh woodworker mm-hmm. renovation and style mm. american woodworker mm. uh handyman okay home uh i can't read that one deck um home woodworker wait, wait. wait there's just a magazine called deck the magazine's yes. name is just deck yes I it's like time. I I <laughs> I want a subscription to Deck Magazine. That's gonna be my new The New Yorker. <laughs> uh, and then Woodsmith. Mm, mm-hmm. I, you know, if I had to guess, I mean, I could be cheeky and say, "Oh, Klaus has the subscription." But yeah, so it seems like Al has really uh, furnished the magazine <laughs> do you, rack. Do you think he gets reimbursed for those? No, no, hardly, no. hardly. But um, he's also okay. he's also probably like a contributor or founding member for each of those magazines, so maybe he gets them for free. Uh, okay, here's some of the books. I'm just doing a quick search, real quick, uh, for what this even is. Uh, okay, so there are a couple. You know, we see them making props in the back. You know, uh, to cover you know, logos and stuff there. Mm-hmm. There's a book and I, I'm just kind of curious what you think this book is about. Okay. It's called, and they have two copies of it. Master 101. Master 101. Um, I think it is. That's, that's what the movie, the master is based on. You know, that's, <laughs> it's, it's all about, it's all about how to, how to make, uh, naked ladies out of sand and how to, uh, brew moonshine out of stuff that you find on a battleship and um and then uh eventually oh. how to how to you know just sit still and not cry while philip seymour hoffman sings to you um <laughs> so, so we've gone from nafta jokes to paul thomas anderson's the master jokes and the the jokes keep on coming folks. they keep on coming i just noticed something uh yeah. since this is low resolution you know video from 30 years ago uh they aren't actually books this is just a, a flat picture. It's only a paper book. <laughs> yes, it is. They like were lying I'm looking to us. at it, and the books repeat themselves, but in different sizes. Mm. And I, I'm pretty sure this is just a, a computer image that's taped on there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you gotta respect it, though. Yeah, I mean, it's that's that's. It's, I mean, they, I'm wondering if it's like a a hidden shelf where, like, really, it's that's just for the people passing by. They don't actually see, and then he hits some sort of man button, and then it you know moves itself up, and you see all the dirty magazines there. I, I okay, I was thinking that he'd hit the man button so he can get at his Master 101 books, but okay, that, that no, <laughs> your your thing makes more sense. Well, um, also, I have, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I'm sorry, I just also I don't picture Tim like. Tim doesn't have like the man's library. There's not like sexy books that Tim reads. Like Tim is not Tim is not like a, a big fan right. of erotic fiction. I think it's <laughs> he's not into reading in that way. Um, agreed. There, there's a photo that we've seen on the wall many, many times in this show that has been too far away from camera. 
to see. This is the closest we've ever been to it. Okay. And I just sent it to you, or it's sending as I'm I'm speaking. And I want I just want to know your thoughts. Okay. Because I okay. I've suspected things about it in the past, but now I've got a little more detail. Uh, There's still oh. room for doubt, but it's taking a second to, to load. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking at it now. So right above the Binford electrical outlets and next to Master 101, it's a picture of a muscle-bound hunk, black and white picture of like a circus strongman. It's in, it's in a been speedo. on the Tool Time set since day one. Oh man, he's been he's been watching us. It's like the it's like the picture of uh, it's the picture of the uh, Native American chief in Cheers. It's just always there. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it looks like the the thing is, it's so it's this muscle ma- shirtless muscle man in a speedo who, but he's like kind of reclining against. I don't know. It's like very small. It's very little pants, and he's but he's reclining against a thing, and he's kind of looking down pensively in in reminiscent of of JFK's uh, presidential portrait, where he's got his arms crossed and is looking at the floor. It's like it's like this is a this this circus strongman. Has has truly an unbearable weight on his shoulders right now, and and the composition invites us to ponder what it might be. Well, okay, so you're alluding to the opposite of my question, which is, is he naked? Oh, I don't think he's naked. No, I think that's a speedo. I, I, I don't, think that's I don't, a speedo. I think. Look, there's some glare off of the speedo that if you if you squint at it could be mistaken for a dong, but I don't think that's his dong. I don't think they posted Hog on the on one of the penultimate episodes of Home Improvement. <laughs> I mean, that's what I was going to say is that it's been there the entire time, not just in the last episode. They, but they haven't been posting Dong for like 200 episodes. Okay, all right. Well, you know, don't stand too close to a naked man. It would be ironic if he's been standing next to a naked man this whole time. Look, that that would be like Andy Kaufman levels of perfect comedy and and commitment to a bit. But I don't think uh, I I I, adm- I admire that you thought about that, and I appreciate you bringing it to my attention. But no, I I, I don't think okay. I don't think they're actually standing too close to a naked man. Well, um, goddammit. it! I'm just trying to find new theories in this last episode that we can, and there's you. Just- Getting shot down. Look, you were you were digging deep in search of precious objects, much like the South African diamond miners who they have had oh on the show this week. Now, I shouldn't have said diamond miners because these are a couple of white guys in suits who are definitely not doing any of the mining. They are employing yeah. other people. Um, I I'm curious because. You know, we know now that Bud is very getting very persnickety about this show having to be on brand for Binford. I don't understand how a talking about the diamond refining process is really germane to home improvement, and I also don't understand how you find room in your budget to fly two dudes and all their very heavy, expensive equipment from South Africa to suburban Michigan. I, I, they're they're in town for a jewelers conference. Okay, they're sure. here on their or, own dime. No, they're 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 here because apartheid ended five years ago, and they don't want anything to do with that. Much like how Elon Musk's family left I, South Africa right in 1994. The I I have to admit the entire the entirety of the scene, I just kept going. Are they are, are is Tool Time doing a Blood Diamond episode? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Like there, I was also kind of waiting for. Okay, are there going to be any like shots at? 
to South Africa on this? No, I, I guess, I don't know. I mean, maybe you're thinking, Truman, why are you thinking that this show is going to, this comedy show is going to do jokes about apartheid? But of course, later in this episode, this show is doing jokes about a woman who died in front of us. So yeah. I'm not, you know, <laughs> you're not it's, too not far like, off. It's, it's not like they're afraid to joke about uh, uh, heavy stuff. Yeah. I mean, Randy's not here, so the topic just, would no one would think to bring it up. Oh, man, Ra- oh, God, Randy would be so great. Randy would be like a little Stevie Van Zant boycotting the whole episode. Um, <laughs> but so so they're up there. They're talking. They're they're talking about diamonds. But literally, the whole bit is just they're talking about you know. Oh well, when a diamond is yeah, well, first Tim starts off talking about how we're excited to see your family jewels, and then the guy says something uh-huh. about how oh we've polished this diamond so that it has perfect cleavage, and Tim makes yeah, it does a thing about that, and then something about. When, you know, oh, well, you don't want to polish the diamond too hard because it will create girdle stress. Oh, it's like, well, you know, like just. It's what your the, mom, the, Al, your mom would know about that. Yeah, exactly. And <clears throat> I, I don't know. It's it, it's just they really they they this is one of our last tool times. And this is what it was. We just get a bunch of of diamond oriented boob jokes. <laughs> and. <laughs> But but then, you know, Tim is so they've got this like rapidly spinning thing like that the, they kind of t- hold the diamond against to polish it. And Tim is trying to polish it and it goes flies up, flies off and bounces all around at high speed, knocking a million things over. And it ends up just landing like, yeah, between Heidi's boobs, as mentioned. And I hate to. I don't know. I'm, what do you hate, Jeremy? I hate that I have to be the nerd saying this, but at the speed that thing was going, and it's a highly polished diamond, like, Heidi should be dead. Like, (laughs) if someone is going to die in this episode, with the circumstances they set up, it should be Heidi. Like, the the rest of the episode should be, like, paramedics, like, desperately applying tourniquets and, like, Tim getting taken away in handcuffs and then, you know, the civil trial, you know, was he liable for manslaughter? Um, Luckily, she had those Binford boobs. That, yeah, well, uh, that saved her. I guess she did. Well, she, because also the, at the beginning when they're talking about how Binford has branded everything, Heidi turns around and there's Binford across her butt. Like, I've generally, with this show, been kind of impressed at how they really don't go too far on hypersexualizing Heidi. Like, yeah. obviously she's dressed the way that she's dressed in a lot of these episodes, but really the only person, like, salivating over her is Brad, and the joke is often more on Brad. This this is like, they put a whole, like, they put, like, a whole series' worth of objectification on Heidi right here, as though they were like, oh, fuck, we forgot to do that. Shit, 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 we gotta put it in now. <laughs> it's just... Squeeze it all in right at the end. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I I don't know. So if that's that, that's another thing that I'm thinking about. It's just it's just uh, it's just it's just a horny mean episode with some with some uh, you know South African conflict diamond smugglers thrown in for good for good measure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I mean I completely agree with you for this whole. Uh, opening i mean oh god you know you're right they they have been outside of just one-off jokes and you know they kind of are still one-off jokes here about heidi's sexual over sexualizing heidi but i and you know they are giving her agency to speak out against it to a degree so sure there's i mean it's bare minimum but uh Mm -hmm. not to not to make a a bear bum joke there. there was yeah, a new joke. yeah, or 
Yeah, or 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 a joke about bears, your least favorite animal. Oh yeah. God, why are you doing that to me? I, I'm because I'm associating her her you know uh, bear bum with bears, so you'll be afraid to make that joke again. Go on, okay. please. <laughs> Success. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Ugh. Do we want to go here? I don't want to go here. No, We're at let, the end. Let's, what? <laughs> let's not go here. Let's let's go. Let's go on. Let's just move well, through the right. episode. I, I, okay. Yeah, no, I I do. I just want to make it's just a very quick one. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight if I don't. It, it's just it it's it's depressing to me that we're this is the joke that we're we're highlighting here. Of course, Tim and Al don't have to change their wardrobe at all, and you know Heidi's over sexualized and Binford's on her butt, and we have a joke about her boobs at the end, and we see her doing a sexy little dance in a little bit, and now we're like next week. Barbie and Oppenheimer come out, and the uh, I, I realize I'm getting real contrived with this. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I'm not following your your logic anymore. All of the all of the discourse about the Barbie movie and everything surrounding the Barbie movie versus the Oppenheimer movie. I'm like, we we are 25 years separated from this episode in which I I would have assumed. We would have grown, but everything surrounding Barbie is about fashion and the relationships between the actors and their, you know, personal lives and all that kind of bubblegummy entertainment tonight bullshit. And everything around Oppenheimer is all the technical stuff and all of the, you know, how did he achieve this and what does this mean in history and are we going to see this in IMAX? And it's just, it, it watching this episode while that discourse is going on just pulled my brain in two different time zones and made me really depressed. Oh, well, I mean, I think Landon, I think there was other stuff in this episode that depressed you. I wouldn't put it all on the disparate marketing campaigns for Oppenheimer and Barbie. Um, All all I'm saying is if this episode, this episode comes out on preview night. So Thursday of the day Barbie comes out, I'm just saying if you have the ability Go put your money toward Barbie over Oppenheimer, at least just for the first weekend. I'm not saying see, don't see the other. I'm sure Oppenheimer will be, you know, a thing of its own. It'll but... be a blast. Oh, my God. Come on, <laughs> get more depressed. Sink lower, Landon. <laughs> I'm just, this is, let's just do a little political act and, and put our money toward a, a female filmmaker who deserves more than directing the Chronicles of Narnia reboot next. I look, um I I too was very disappointed when I found out that Greta Gerwig is directing a Chronicles of Narnia movie because I don't give a shit at all about that diet bible bullshit and I want her to do anything else. Um I don't know. Uh I I say I say see Oppenheimer but just see it on the same day as you see Barbie. I I I don't think I'm going to be see able to after, do that but I want you to do it. See it after opening weekend. Let let Greta Gerwig have the number 1 spot for opening weekend and then go see Oppenheimer. I really, Christopher Nolan's I mean, gonna have so many other opportunities to make movies. I, I just I'm I'm astounded that that like Heidi getting a diamond shot between her <laughs> boobs led you into a tirade about the way that uh, Oppenheimer is being promoted over Greta Gerwig. <laughs> I, just, I mean, okay, I don't Truman, I don't have much more time on this episode on this on this series this, this podcast that we're doing to go into this but it goes back to 2019 when Greta Gerwig refused to get they refused to give her confirmation that Little Women was going to show in cans on the off chance that Quentin Tarantino finished Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and I, I it's just it's that's been 
the that was patient zero for me turning the corner on Tarantino and uh, just hitting it's all, all of the things. <laughs> it's all coming back. Boy oh boy, I am here for the last episode here. What what are we doing? Where are we going from here? I, I don't know, man. We're probably going to like go on some uh, extended riff about, I don't know, Roombas or something like that at this point. <laughs> All right. So we go to the opening credits. It After the opening day. credits, we are backstage at uh, Wait, wait, wait. I had, I, I had a thing about the opening credits. I texted oh, you. Oh, good. Oh, good. No, yeah, yeah. Got to make the episode as long as possible. What do we got well, from the I, opening credits? I'm not sure that we mentioned this before. We might have. But um, I just sent you a still frame. Did you, did you get the still yeah. frame? Yeah, Earl Hinman with his face behind a fish. <laughs> Devoid of context, is that weird to you? I, I don't know, man. Is anything weird anymore at this point? I mean, compared to what the rest of this show is, I I, I don't know. Earl Hinman, it's, this is not, listen, you sent me images out of context from this show that have made me paralyzed with laughter. This is not one of them. This, this to me looks completely normal. I, I'm I've watched too much home improvement. Okay, all right. Uh I will say I am I'm fra- frame by framing uh the the opening theme song as we speak just to see cuz I'm already on I'm on a kick from that first scene. Maybe somewhere in here they've hidden all of Earl Hinman's face. Mm, yeah. Just in a yeah. quick flash. Yeah, just a quick flash. It's not like you can find that anywhere else, perhaps through a, a globally connected network of computers <laughs> or anything like that. No, we've got to... No, I, I know, but just the, the hiding hiding it, you know, in front of us all the all the time. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the you know, it's like the purloined letter, that famous Wishbone episode where the letter they're looking for has been uh, right in front of them the whole time, uh, <laughs> which I think they called the purloined letter for that episode. Um, I just only speak of it in terms of Wishbone because I definitely didn't read the book. Uh, so right. after the opening credits, we're backstage at Tool Time. Trudy comes to meet Al after work and pick him up for Hibachi Night. Uh, they head off for that. Uh, Bud arrives with Binford's new VP of media production, Morgan Wandell, who's being put in place to kind of oversee tool time and keep shit on track. Uh, He has extensive background in entertainment and reality TV. He made the show Topless Cops on Ice. And his uh, big note for tool time, what he wants to do, is start adding more explosion consistency. He wants to blow up more stuff on the show. He wants to start creating staged explosions on tool time and tim (sighs) responds with revulsion to this because he insists that nothing on the show is ever staged and it would be a compromise of his ethics if he staged any disasters or explosions and my note here is "Ooh, landon you burnt you burnt so hard motherfucker take that all your theories suck it die landon's theories die 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 you are just getting uh, everything (laughs) Everything that you thought you knew about this show has been nuked by Robert Oppenheimer out of existence. It has been it has been canceled harder than the premiere of Little Women at the Cannes Film Festival. Son of a bitch. Uh, and then I hope you felt really bad uh, realizing what this episode was going to be about after I, you just did a celebration of death. I know, I know, I really, yeah, this was, I was, coming off of this this moment, I was like, oh man, this is, uh, oh, this is what the episode's gonna be about, this whole episode is just gonna be about the new producer and this creative battle, no, 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 neighbor, not that at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. No. Um, <clears throat> God. I was very sad about that. Yeah. And yeah. I still am. And um, it makes me think about 
how we aren't giving Barbie enough chance. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I realize being in support of a corporate conglomerate icon of a problematic toy uh, is like, that's a hard thing to support. But anyway. Well, um, you, you really are a Barbie girl living in a Barbie world, <laughs> at least for this episode. <laughs> I've got Kenergy. Yeah. The thing is, um, I am very disappointed and don't want to talk about me being wrong. Okay, okay, I, I get that, I get that. I and completely understand. I, I, I'm, I'm going to ask at the end of this episode if we can wipe this one from memory in which it would also reinstate all my theories. Oh, okay, is this like an Alf Court thing where we have yes. to... Okay, all right, well, I, you're, you're going to have to bring me around to your side, uh, Counselor. Um, What I like... My evidence, the episode. <laughs> okay, well, all right, that's that's compelling. Exhibit A, everything that we've watched and we'll talk about for the next hour. Um... <laughs> So I think that that this like bringing in a producer to keep Tool Time on track is the smartest thing Bud has ever done, and I don't know why it took him this long. And I also I I kind of chafe at no I don't chafe I find it weird that Tim is chafing at at Morgan Wandell being here and and like oh this guy oh he's so bad and. And and the show is trying to pass Morgan Wandell off as being crass or not the right fit for Tool Time because he made, like, reality TV shows and, and exploitative stuff like Topless Cops on Ice. Like, what for an instant makes you think Tim wouldn't love those shows? Like, what makes you think that Tim wouldn't love <laughs> right. watching shows where stuff blows up or like snuff film type TV shows that show like, you know, world's wildest and police crashes or something. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to deviate for a second, but I I promise this one's less contrived. It yeah. sounds like he's really just describing Mythbusters. <laughs> I mean, okay, I, I and mean... I know I love Mythbusters and I bring them up a lot, but if you watch an episode of Mythbusters, there are more controlled explosions per episode, and true, it they have these interstitials. They have the word MythBusters plastered all over every single episode. You know, you're damn you're damn right about that, Land. And I can't. You know, when you're when you're right, you're right. This is, and look, MythBusters is a way better show than Tool Time. So if if that <laughs> if that's Morgan's doing, then then is he the hero after all? I mean. Uh, I'm not saying no. I I mean, it's just, it's like, it's hard for, you can't, you can't come at me and make me think like, oh man, Morgan is, Morgan is going to make Tool Time a crass and crude show when you're walking off of a set where all you did was make cleavage jokes and shoot yeah. a diamond into Heidi's boobs. Like, it's I like, mean, he's, he's, he's already leaning into, I mean, it's not like Binford told him to make boob jokes. So he's already no. leaning into that side of things anyway. So yeah. what what is Binford really doing except saying, brand our show, we pay for it, as you mentioned a couple episodes ago, which is completely reasonable. Yeah, yeah. No, it all it all really makes sense. Um Yeah. I have a couple I, I have know. a couple notes here. One yeah. is um to to everything you're saying here, what really the underbelly of all that, this the subtext is like, yeah, okay, this guy made this one kind of exploitative TV show, and I want to earmark talking about reality TV in the 90s oh in a boy. minute. But uh, 
really what's going on is Tim doesn't want someone younger coming in and telling him what to do. Mm-mm, I see that. Okay, that makes sense. They don't say that, but I feel that in every single word. Like, Bud's older and wiser than Tim, or at least more savvy and has the ability to tell Tim yes or no. Mm-hmm. This young kid coming in is, like, making changes to a show, and Tim doesn't, you know, we've seen how he acts around people who are younger than him. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and well, and also we've seen how he's just acted to previous producers who've been brought in for Tool Time or previous CEOs who he just didn't like as much as Bud. Yeah, exactly. Then dismissively, yeah. And now a theory that has never been disproven is where, uh, God, I can't even remember her character name, Vicky Lawrence. Or not Vicky Lawrence. Maureen, Maureen, yeah. Yeah. Vicky Lawrence. Oh, my God, what am I going to Mama's place? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Vicky, uh, I can't remember. Lewis is her name, um, the actress. Yeah, from News uh, Marine. Radio. Where the fuck is yeah. she? She got sent to the middle of nowhere and never came she, back. She got sent to Chicago, and I think she just never came back. I think she got the job at she's... WNYX and, and is now just hanging out with Andy <laughs> Dick. <laughs> she's. <laughs> I love it, and she's still karaokeing over there. Yeah. Um. Okay, actually, I, I got another thing. Uh, okay. Trudy comes to meet Al, picking him up for hibachi night. She yep. says... I bought the hamburger meat, so you just bring the buns, and she slaps him on the ass. She gives a nice big handful of grab. I mean, I mean, look, God, God bless, God bless these two for being happy and and attracted <laughs> to each other. Uh, it, it it just like was it only last season that Tim was at the singles bar with Al, and he's got the mustard stain on his shirt, and the and the woman hitting on him goes, "I'm not worried about the mustard, Tim. I'm looking at the buns." Like just all these. <laughs> All these Detroit area women who like guys, bu- they like big butts and they cannot lie. Um, yeah, maybe, 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 maybe. No, I, I know. I think it, I think they truly can't lie. <laughs> if someone is attracted to a butt, they just cannot deny that they are. Yeah, no, that that's that's exactly it. It's like there's mm. a, it's it's there's a, I don't know, it's like a polygraph test basically. It's a, it's a. <laughs> It's a Paula ass test, I suppose. I don't know. We're no, not. We're not. No. In a, no, we're not. We're not getting any rich diamonds out of here. Uh, do you want to? No. Do, do you want to move on from this? I, I just had one more thing that I earmarked earlier about reality shows of the '90s because I feel like yeah. the joke that they're making here is like topless cops on ice. Mm-hmm. Ha ha ha! Don't, isn't reality television so crazy? You never guess yeah. what you find on this, you know, Channel 500 on cable nowadays. Yeah. Uh, and I can't. I wish. Uh, you know, what? I should have done research beforehand. Um, what what's your impression of reality TV shows from the '90s? Because my, my I come into like reality TV in prime time, really not for a few years after Home Improvement is over, with like the beginning of Survivor and um, uh, what was it, Love Love Island or Lo- Fantasy something? Uh, Temptation Island. Temptation Island. Yeah, those are the two that like really hit prime time. Uh, on you know broadcast you know the the big three TV shows maybe it was Fox um, yeah big four uh, it was definitely Fox <laughs> uh, that I I can remember being like main like this has hit the mainstream reality television is here to stay yeah I I no I agree I feel like at this point in time reality TV just meant something different I think it meant. 
I think what it really meant was stuff like, I don't know, there's a show Real TV that was just like, it was just videos, uh, like, you know, mm-hmm. dash cam footage or like videos of, oh my God, an alligator attacked this lady. It's just like kind of sensationalistic yeah. stuff that they, it was like America's home, vi- America's funniest home videos, except they're not funny. It's America's most extreme home videos. And well, I guess, because <laughs> now that you're saying it, like, police chases. The uh, real world and road rules were big on MTV long before this. Yeah, Um, there you go. But also Cops was in Unsolved Mysteries. If you call them reality shows were kind of... um, Uh, Cops and Unsolved Mysteries are very different vibes like i True. agree they're yeah, yeah you know one one is sort of like here's some interesting mysteries and the other one is like here's some interesting people getting face planted into some gravel it's 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 different i i see what you mean but it's different like um, n- nothing yeah. I, I feel like unsolved mysteries never goes for the kind of holy shit sensationalism that that cops or other shows did oh well what you're gonna do let's uh, move on I, the only uh, the only other thing I'd say, you know, I think that topless cops on ice, you know, it's an interesting idea for a show. But as someone who's in favor of police abolition and also more LGBT representation, I'd rather see copless tops on ice. So uh, moving on uh, to the next scene, Jill, uh, we're at home and Jill is applying for some kind of job that's in Dearborn and uh, or it's maybe a job or like a PhD position or something like that. It, I, it, I took this note before I realized that the episode had no interest in following this. Uh <laughs> Just Tim comes like the series. Uh, Tim comes home. He's very butthurt about what happened at Tool Time, and then Al runs in, singing and dancing and cheering because he's decided to ask Trudy to marry him, and uh, he's got one of the diamonds from the South Africans. And uh, then uh, Al announces that he's going to, uh, you know, he's got a big dinner planned to pop the question. No, not to ask Trudy to marry him, but to ask his mom if it's okay if he marries Trudy. And uh, Tim and Jill say, oh, we're, you know, this is going to be at Sorrentino's. We're going to be at Sorrentino's that night. So uh, let us know after you uh, get the okay and we'll send a bottle of champagne over. So that sets us up for what is going to what is going to happen. And really, the scene brings me the only joy that the episode brings. Because, because is, yes. <laughs> when uh, Richard Karn comes in... Uh, Tim, you know, the joke, obviously, is very sitcom Tim's like, I can't, I had the worst day ever. I can't believe what, what happened on Tool Time. And then cue Richard Karn to, to just come in the door without knocking, dancing and, and swinging his hips and, and swiveling around the countertops uh, like he's in a, a rendition of Oklahoma. It's yeah. amazing. He, yeah, no, he's he's doing he's you know doing a little mincing dance on the stairs. Yeah, he's he's vaulting over things. It's great, and and th- it gets gigantic applause and cheers from the audience, the likes of which you only otherwise hear when Tim wears a monkey costume. So it was it was good. To, <laughs> it been, was good. Al's been getting yeah. some respect in the last couple episodes from the audience, True. and I I really appreciate that. True. Yes, the amount the amount of respect Al gets is inversely proportional to the amount of respect his mom gets. So uh, yeah. th- there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess we can't avoid it. It's coming up. I don't love that Al got what is basically a blood diamond for Trudy. Like I don't love that they <laughs> bought this gigantic diamond off of. Um, this we don't. We don't know that it is, but uh, I, I mean. I, I mean, I guess I can't get mad at, like, it's not like there's any ethically sourced diamonds out there. It's just, there, there's, there's no good way to have one. It's just that he bought one directly off of, well, like, 
Elon Musk's dad. <laughs> Wait, let me ask this, because I, I, a detail I missed looking at the background of the first scene. Do we know, we know the jeweler is South African. Was the diamond from South Africa, or is he just a South African jeweler with, like, a local diamond? I, man, I don't know. How many diamond mines are there in the greater Detroit area? You you, well, you grew I, up there. Were you, were you working in the mines all through school? My uncle was an antiquer and jeweler and uh, number. He dealt with diamonds all the time. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I don't know. I mean, the implication, they say he's from South Africa. The implication seems to be that he came out for the show, brought all his stuff with yeah. him, and also the diamond. That's my thinking. Yeah, I mean, that's what I assumed, and I just wanted to say, or, or kind of acknowledge, are we the assholes for assuming that, but... Um, mm. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, are, we're, yeah, we are assholes, Landon. I don't know that that's the specific reason, but are, are, we, are we the assholes, like, of, of what? Of this podcast? Yes. Of home improvement podcasts generally? Still maybe yes. Um... <laughs> I, I don't know. We, 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 it, it's hard to say for sure. All right. Um, okay. They're going to Sorrentino's and yeah. uh, I guess, I, I don't know. Like this joke has fallen so flat for me at this point. Like wh- I, I, I almost don't know why, 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 why does Sorrentino's have to be, a th- why do they have to even acknowledge the restaurant at this point? It's, it, it feels like, Oh, we're in the penultimate episode. We got to get one more Sorrentino's in. <laughs> we're we're playing we're playing all the hits. I th- look. I think they needed to they they needed to create a justification for why Tim and Jill would be at the same restaurant at the same time. I think mm-hmm. um, you know because I, I get lots of improbable stuff happens on this show, but I think also it sets up the audience being like, oh, Al and his mom are going to be at this restaurant. And Tim and Jill are also going to be there. And this show is always following what Tim and Jill are doing. So the audience is like, holy shit, are we going to see Al's mom? Oh, man. Oh, man. Like, I think this is this is, you know, getting you hyped up. Well, <laughs> you said you sound super hyped. I'm I am just so. Overly hyped. I yeah, have like, I ever sounded more like David Lee Roth than right now. I it, no, no, true. Truly never. Uh, nor have you sounded more like Axl Rose. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I mean, do you, do you have, do you have more from this scene? Like, no, not j- really. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, there's another cleavage joke, but, uh, you know, I don't think I should even bother to mention it. So I won't. Yeah. You never heard me say that. The, the other, I mean, I guess like Tim and Jill, you've known Al for how many freaking years at this point? Like, why is there not even any surprise, but why do you even have a reaction when Al's saying that he's going to tell his mom? Yeah. Yeah, it, like, it kind of begins this whole whole episode feels out of character outside of just Tim can't stop being relentless with fat jokes uh, where everyone's just kind of stepping outside of their character a little bit. And it's mm-hmm. it feels weird in a way. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some stuff with Jill later on. And yeah, it's it's we'll get there. Yeah. Um. So we're we go to Sorrentino's. Uh, it's always great to be back. Uh, Al is there, uh, with his mom, who is mostly hidden behind a shrub. Uh, you can only kind of see her arm, and at one point she waves to Tim with a baguette. Wait, Tim and, Tim and Jill come in, Al and his mom are already seated. They see them, they wave. You know, he says, oh, hi, Alma, and she just kind of waves back with the baguette. 
lot of jokes about how many waiters are going to the table with food. Antonio comes by and and does, you know, some bits with Tim and Jill and then goes over and talks to Al and his mom. And we only see, we see Antonio from like a first person perspective from, uh, from Al's mom's perspective. And then uh, uh, Tim and Jill are, are watching Al's table and Al tells his mom that he's going to uh, ask Trudy to marry him and Al's mom cries out and we see her form kind of slump out of the chair and yeah, the whole restaurant uh, shakes in a ripple and they call an ambulance. I mean, and what you just said sounds somber. They call an ambulance, but when she no. falls out of the chair and the special effect happens, huge laughs. it is cause for a riot in the studio audience. Yeah, no, hysterical, hysterical laughter. It's the funniest thing they've seen on the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and which is also upsetting because they've done this joke before. Like there was, you know, when Al when Al notifies his mom that he's called off the wedding to Eileen, we're in the next room as it's happening, and then we hear just a, a woman yell from off screen, and everything shakes. So. This is a canned bit. They've it's executed more elaborately here than it was yeah. before. But yeah, it's. I mean that that was where there, there's the fat jokes, which you know maybe I'm just desensitized to at this point. But this was where the crassness really hit. Where it's just like someone just died, and the studio audience is laughing their ass off, and I I just felt like I was an idiocracy. I, you know, and it's, I've been thinking about this because it's like, I can see, I can, I can hear, I can see and hear, uh, someone who <laughs> wrote for the show. I can, I can, I can smell it. And, uh, you know what? I, I, yeah, I, I can't, I actually can't taste it, but I think that's cause I had COVID last year, but, oh. um, but I can, you know, I, I, someone defending this, someone who wrote this could be saying, a, they'd be saying, calm down. It's a, it's a sitcom. Oh, okay. Whatever. Mm-hmm. B, I could see mm-hmm. them saying, She's never really been a character on the show. This is the first time we've even really seen even a little bit of her. So because she's not a character who we've actually seen, it's okay to do, or like, it's it's funny to do this because the audience hasn't built a connection with her. And, but we've I, built a connection with Al. And we know how much she means to Al, exactly. And we, like... And like when and this we, happens, and we've we've posed her as an underdog character because she's so relentlessly made fun of through this whole series. Yes, yes, and uh, you know, because also when you know, to the audience's credit, this you know she she falls out of her chair and and everyone is laughing. My assumption, as I assume was to the audiences, was that, oh, she's fainted from shock. It's not until the next scene where they all get home and Al says, I can't believe I killed my mother. Oh. That, See, now that, that might be me, my memory of watching the show, because I definitely remember this, uh, where I just, I when she fell over the chair, I, I just assumed that it was, the audience is supposed to know she died. That I, wasn't, that, there was no question there for me. I, for me, like, for me, I didn't, I never in a million, I have never been more shocked by anything on this show than the revelation that Al's mom died in that moment. Like, I w- it was. But when did you find out? Was it in the moment or was it in the next scene when they walk in? It was in the next scene when they walk in. Mm, like, I thought she okay. just fainted. I, I, I never thought in a million years that a primetime sitcom would have a character die on camera. <laughs> 
and 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 have it and have it not be a very special episode. Randy, I feel like I, I have to. I can't quite pull it out of my head, but I feel like I've seen. I've seen something like this before. Not like this. There's nothing like yeah, this. Yeah, the, yeah. You've never but seen I, anything like this. I'm wondering if it was like Golden Girls or something where there's just like an old man either dead in bed or his business chair or something. And uh, like he died off screen. It didn't happen while we were watching. But then they had to like they think he's alive or asleep and they have to deal with it for a second. I mean, and that's one thing. A, a weekend at Bernie's is one thing. Where, or like, or the person has died off screen and they're dead. Like that's that's morbid. But to have a person be alive in the scene and interacting with their beloved son, and mm-hmm. then have them die in the course of the scene, I, I'm, pr- I've never seen anything like that. I mean, there's, I guess, yeah, there's an Arrested Development episode near the end where a racist old lady chokes on something and dies, and there's like a quick shot of that happening, but. Also, that lady's a one-off character, and she's, like, said a bunch of racist stuff, and the narrator even pokes fun at, I don't know. And Arrested Development's a very different show, and I like Arrested Development more than I like this show. I don't know. I I don't know. (laughs) It's, um... It's a lot. It's it's a lot. uh, I I don't know how to wrap my head around. I don't even know how to really give commentary on it, except to say that it's just... It feels, I think the mean-spiritedness of it is just like, A, you don't know she's going to die if you've never seen this before. B, we, we've we already heard a, a couple of typical Al's mom jokes at the beginning of this episode, and there's no indication that we're going to see her ever, mm-hmm. right? I mean, she's yeah. the Vera of of this. Yeah. And, or the or Maris, she's the Maris of this. Yeah. yeah. And, uh... So to like suddenly escalate and we see, you know, a fat hand holding an entire baguette in the air while she waves at Tim and Jill, like that was already like weird. And then just to keep piling on to have like six waiters come over and bring over food and like it just felt really, really I, I don't even know the word for it. I keep coming back to crass because you said it, but it, it feels worse than that in some way. It, it's it's the it's just the sheer energy and joy and passion that they that they took in just piling on fat jokes. Like it is just yeah. it's not it's not just the dialogue. We hired additional actors for the scene to underline how grotesquely obese this woman is. She's waving a baguette around. She you know we we rigged we rigged up all of these things to do like an earthquake shockwave. I and, I, I'm and not, this is I, this is after the tragedy of the end of what's eating Gilbert Ga- Grape. Yes, yes. Well, and like you know, what's eating Gilbert Grape? Like at least the the mother in that movie was presented with some form of humanity, and the like. Like I'm not saying that's that what I mean. Yeah, that's okay, what I mean. Okay. Like how how do you go in this direction so far in this direction when you're basically having the same character and just going, I'm going to strip all of the humanity away. And that makes it okay to make fat jokes for 22 minutes and 26 seconds. I, I think, I think the the main way is because the audience for the contemplative indie film starring Johnny Depp is different from the <laughs> audience for the most watched show in America, which comes yeah. right after a football game or something. Um, that said, that said the one note I have on this is when, uh, when the waiter uh, walks over to, introduce antonio when he walks over to uh, al's table 
and we get that first person perspective from Al's mom's uh, Alma, uh, mm-hmm. Alma's perspective. And Antonio goes, "Oh, who's this? Is your date? Is it Gwyneth Paltrow?" Um, wondered if that was patient zero for a shallow hell. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, this episode, this this episode wasn't just uh, a really uh, crass uh, piece of fat shaming. It also inspired subsequent, you know, milestones of fat shaming in in uh, in media. Yeah. Um. Well, okay. Do, do you want to move on to the next scene? Do you want to move on to yes. the aftermath of this? Yeah. We, okay. We get an ambulance transitioning us uh, to the commercial, and we don't even get like a we don't even get the sad guitar riff into no. the commercial. We no. just get riotous laughter into an she, ambulance and into the commercial. If 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 Al's if Al's mom wanted a sad guitar riff to mark her death, she would have not been fat. Okay, that's just it. This um, show has decided right. that I'm sorry. That, that, yeah, you know why I'm she's not deserving here, of uh, any humanity. Come on. All um, right, we come back to the Taylor House. Try and to, I want to see how you synopsize this. <laughs> we they they come back. They're all uh, in kind of a bummed out mood. Who, and who's Al, they? And and why are they in a Tim, bummed out mood? Jill, Al, all come back together. Al saying he can't believe that he killed his mother, and then I, at this point, I start hooting and hollering and and screeching, un, uh, unable to believe what I'm seeing. Uh, Al expresses that he feels very guilty about this because him telling her about uh, the the marriage is what killed her. And Tim and Jill say, "Well, it's not your fault. She was in poor health. The heart attack could have been triggered by excitement." And then they go into jokes about how Al's mom uh, was fat and liked to eat a lot. And uh, but then <laughs> Al starts crying and and really like like movingly talking about how they're just not gonna no more dosy doing at the senior center, no more harmonizing with Don Ho. And you know Al, they mention that Al is gonna stay with them tonight because he's bereft. And uh, and you know Al is gonna take a bunch of time off work to prepare for the funeral. Um, yeah. This scene, I I see now how kind of whiplashy this might be for you to to yeah. not have known that she died at the previous scene. Seeing yeah. this now, twenty five years later, uh, this scene shouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. I I am. Why the fuck is L at the Taylor home? Yeah, right now, <laughs> like. Well, yeah, well, on the it, same e- I, this like feels like two hours later. It basically is. They're wearing their clothes from dinner. They, I mean, like, did they get to the hospital and the doctor just goes, "Well, she didn't make it," and they're like, "Well, we'll just take you home with us, buddy." Yeah, yeah, taking our leftovers. I mean, yeah, it's like Al has a fi- well, a, a fiance to be. He could go, like, presumably he could be with her, like. I get that this episode is, I think, on a broad scale, trying to make some point about Al is becoming more independent, like he's free of his mom and he's going to get into this relationship, however crassly it may be trying to do that. But the whole thing is undermined by the fact that I've had a major tragedy in my life. I'm going to go to Tim and Jill's house and I guess... Also, where's Al going to sleep? Are, is, is Does Marty still live there? Are the boys all still bunking? Where's the daughters? What's going on, Landon? Tell me what's going on. I I don't I don't know what's going on. I this scene just doesn't make any sense to me. A it, it should take place at the hospital if anywhere. Yes. If you're going to have the scene between the Taylors and L, it should be him in the direct aftermath at the hospital 
the well, aftermath makes no sense being in the Taylor home. I don't well, understand. It, it completely undermines Al's emotional arc here and and yeah. the, the slight emotion that they do give him. And, you know, but look, I, I understand, though. I mean, if they wanted to do the scene at the hospital, they'd have to have hospital sets. And it's not like any recent episodes have been set in medical uh, areas. <laughs> Where would they? Where would they get the sets for we, that? We've never had character actors who have had experience being on a medical show. No, not a single one. Um, <laughs> so I just the 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 fact that they're bringing it into the Taylor home rather than the hospital kind of just sets the template for me to go. What's going on here? Why are you not taking this seriously? And then why are you adding jokes on top? of this like yeah th this completely takes me out of the episode like I i'm criticizing the writing here going why are you trying to give al jokes about his mom in a moment of emotional crisis for him when yeah. you spent this entire series building up his sensitivity and and like the things we love about him it, it just doesn't make any sense and so when yeah. he does get the moment where he cries and you know no surprise he chooses jill's shoulder to cry on smart uh, <laughs> like i i don't i don't feel it at all and i that i feel like that was taken away from me yeah yeah um you know it's the yeah, i think it's the same on some level it's the same instinct that where where heidi dollar in the jar Jill has learned that she has to have a hysterectomy and Tim is sitting there making a joke every other minute and the focus is on Tim learning this information and Tim processing it. Like it's just yeah um you know there's just got to be a, there's just always got to be a joke and unless unless the episode is about the fact that Randy might have cancer in which case we treat it with far more solemnness than the actual death of Al's beloved mom. Yeah, boy. All right. Good I, boy. I, I, I'm just going to be repeating myself if we continue. I got nothing else for that scene. I, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know where he's going to sleep. I don't know why. He lives right down the street. Yeah, just he lives go to your house and yeah. have Trudy come over. Go to your house or go to Trudy's house. You know, Go to Heidi's cuddle. house, for fuck's sake. Yeah, go, go to why, any other Why house. are you in the house of the most insensitive friend you have? The per the person the person who has made a career out of mocking your mother on live cable TV. Um, so we're back at tool time after this, where Heidi is filling in for Al as the sidekick. Uh, Tim, uh, Tim, she and Tim talk, and we'll discuss that in a second. Al winds up coming in anyway. He wants to work to keep his mind off things. Uh, but then when Trudy arrives with the shepherd's pie for Al, uh, Al kind of gives her the cold shoulder and brushes her off. And uh, Tim is talking to Al backstage, and Al is saying that he's not so sure about the engagement anymore because everything in his life has changed uh, ever, you know. Like, when he, when he said he was going to marry uh, Trudy, then everything in his life changed, and Tim says, well, everything else is still the same. And then we uh, see the new, new Tool Time opening, which is Heidi dancing in XFL-type cheerleader garb while techno music plays. Okay, I gotta... I'll take us out of our... our rut for a second okay okay um, take us out because we'll get right back into it pretty quick they will we'll 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 real rut there but um the the uh attention to detail here because they don't really draw it out it's it's tool time you know 
behind the scenes and not it's not even behind the scenes just you know while they're not filming and so mm. they're on the set and, and there are a lot of grips getting things into place and they've got their um <laughs> they've got their setup their little uh uh display of what they'll be talking about on um this week's episode and they mm. never touch on the topic but did you see what was laid out in front of them no i was i was occupied with what was going on in the scene what's laid out in front of them <laughs> all right uh we have a uh we have like a danger you know like yellow tape that says danger blasting and we have uh movie squibs detonation cord uh yeah. c4 dynamite uh blasting caps and c3 so they are really leaning into more explosives <laughs> I, I like that they kept that that continuity through just kind of the sub 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 subplot here it's such a stretch to try and believe that Tim isn't psyched about this. Like, I, know. like I, I really cannot get my head around the notion that he would not be thrilled. Maybe, maybe he's doing some long ass reverse psychology game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's playing really hard to get with explosives. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you're gonna push the show to have more topless women and explosions. Get the fuck out of here. I don't want anything to do with you unless. Uh, unless unless there were twice as many explosions and three times as many boobs, then maybe then I could see myself doing it. Uh, yeah, he's he's just he's just it's a negotiation tactic, I guess. Um, so, okay, here's a prediction for uh, the post tool time career of Tim the Toolman Taylor. He's going to go on to host the the Home Improvement Universe proxy of the Man Show. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that'll be the end of his career because nobody who hosted the Man Show went on to do uh, any bigger things in their uh, in their life. Um, so, so look, we we so long as we're so long as we're it, you know, look, well, let's just back into the gutter, folks. Tim is talking to Heidi. She's saying, you know, how she's kind of nervous to be filling in for Al, and and Tim says, "Oh, you'll be fine. Uh, do you have any quirks or physical abnormalities I can make fun of?" And Heidi says, Ugh. no, except I have a twitch when I get nervous. And he says, your eye or something? And she says, not exactly. And then one of her boobs starts twitching. And that's, you know, and and they they let that bit breathe for a good long time. And Tim says, I can't really do anything with that. I'm... Wh- wh- why? Why? This show, like, this is a, this is a horny <laughs> episode, but also it's horny in a weird way. Like, that's... <laughs> I'm, yeah, I mean, it is. Also, like, Tim, do you have to make fun of, like, derive your comedy from something else? Yeah, yeah. Let's, I mean, let's it, start with that, but then, okay, well, obviously, we can, yeah. we can move to the boob part. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I just, did, was that just like a, a thing that Debbie Dunning knew how to do and they were looking for, like, like they have, they have to go so far out of their way to get this bit <laughs> into the show. They were like, we need to get, Everything. This is just like a like a big big old gumbo, big old chipino of all of the most crass bits that they couldn't get into any other episode. Yeah. Well, I'm looking uh, at the footage, and you're you're um, carefully scrutinizing the footage, frame by frame. Well, you wanted to know if it was something that she could do. It looks like yes, it's something she could do, and there's not someone cleverly cropped out of frame pushing it up and down. So. I mean, well, I mean, I guess probably probably better than that it's her doing it herself and not not, you know, 
I'm yeah. You know what? The more we the more we talk about this, the the more I hate our podcast as much as I hate this episode. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that that that's the biggest thing that stands out to me in this All scene, right. and and not even in like a horny way or anything, but just in a baffling like, why did we decide to do this way? Here, here's this is the failure of this episode is that it becomes so overshadowed by Al's mom's death and fat jokes that the real story of this episode is not even apparent, Mm -hmm. which is Al is pushing Trudy away because he associates getting closer to her with losing his mother. Yeah, exactly. That's like... (laughs) That's like a big, like, meaty, real shit relationship problem thing, and it's sort of on the periphery of the episode and resolved very quickly with no... Like, I was thinking, like, okay, this is setting up the three-part finale of, like, Al is gonna ask her to marry him, but then his mom dies and he, he associates that with her, and so he pushes her away and they have to get back together or whatever. No, 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 that's not it. That's just... It's just a LaCroix flavor of a of a conflict that happens for a second and then that's and then a, dissipates. You know what that is? That's a that's a LaCroix flavored LaCroix. <laughs> yeah, a copy of a copy of a copy. Um But this the scene has maybe the first or only real bit of him pushing her away. She brings him the what was it? Corn hash? It's 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 a it's a shepherd's pie with extra shepherd's meat. Shepherd's pie. Yeah, um, and uh, with extra meat, so she's like really, you know, she lo- she loves him, and she's she's, you know, trying to show her support in whatever way she can, but he's yeah. not letting her in, and she doesn't even know that he was going to propose to her. So yeah, to her, it's just like, it just only has to do with his his mom dying, and he is even as Tim will say in the next scene, um. He's open about it. He knows exactly what's going on, and and you know he's like, I, I, I just wish he'd back off a little bit, and you know I, I, just my mother died, and you know I don't know, just his yeah. dialogue feels so ham fisted and shoehorned into here, where I feel like we could be exploring that throughout this episode rather than just moving on to the next scene where there's a triple sized coffin. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, look, let's move on to the next scene where there's a triple-sized coffin because that's okay. the the, bul- the bulk of that the, the bulk of that scene is Al, own, uh, you know, I wish Trudy would back off. I don't even know if I want to marry her anymore. Tim saying, "But you wanted to marry her." No, everything's changed now. Tim saying, "No, other than your mom dying, everything stayed the same." And then Heidi dancing in in, you know, her her Yeah, it dissolves to the funeral. Yeah. We <laughs> Yeah, that's also wild. We dissolve from Heidi dancing, laser light show, you know, Laker girl type stuff to uh, uh, the 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 coffin. It, it's such a such a tonally crazy thing. So yeah, uh, <laughs> very very big coffin. Uh, everyone is there. Uh, uh, Cal Borland is there. Uh, uh, Al is still keeping Trudy at arm's length. Uh, you know, everyone is kind of filing in and paying their respects. Uh, you know, Jill and the boys are there, not really doing much. And uh, then Trudy laments to Jill that uh, Al keeps pushing her away. And uh, she, you know, Jill just kind of tells Trudy, hey, you know, she's, he's just, he's dealing with a lot. Maybe he just needs a little space. And then uh, Jill asks Tim what's going on. And uh, Tim explains what Al said to her in the previous scene. And then Benny shows up and offers them some snacks. Jujubees. Jujubees. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
Okay. Setting aside that this episode had to bring Benny in. Yeah. Come on. Kicking but, me while I'm low. But also, Benny is kind of the least bad thing in this episode. You got to admit, like, that's the that's the real jigsaw, you know, plot <laughs> twist moment is that now you want to see Benny. Here's the I just as I told you, I've had this episode in the background. I've been freeze framing and going side by, you know, frame by frame in a lot of this episode mm-hmm. more than I do in most. And now for real, this episode can go fuck itself and die forever. Yeah. Because in the funeral, in the casket, they have a real person, a mm. real obese person lying mm. there. Yeah. Unnecessary. Yeah, I, yeah. And there's nothing to say that that person, and I, I can't really see, I can see enough of their face that it's a real person and you can tell by the hands it's a real person. Yeah. But. I can't say for the rest of the episode whether or not that person had to lie there while they went through the rest of the funeral, but like to get an obese person to lie there for a scene where people are just making fat jokes. And well, in the same shot, they're making. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. I can't even. I need to. I need. This is pushing buttons for me. I I, I get it. I get it. And you know what? There's (laughs) nothing. We're moving through this episode quick because there's just not a lot to say. Like once you say that there's there's fat jokes and it's cruel, it's not really worth dwelling on. Yeah, there is the, a the, next to my ire for Quentin Tarantino. Okay, okay. My my big thing, my big crusade for Hollywood is to do away with the fat suit. Like that of joke course. is has never been funny. I feel like I've talked about it on the show before. Yep, and. Now, I just this is something kind of personal to me, and yeah. I feel like this is like a show. I, I, like the sh- I've spent so much time with the show, and at the mm-hmm. last second, it's like gut. It's like sucker punching me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very angry about this. All of a sudden, no, I I, I get it. Like it's yeah. Th- this show is just putting out. You know, this sort of message that just, hey, it, it's okay to talk about people this way. It's okay to, you know, uh, the, the, the size of a person's body opens them up to abuse and it's okay. And like, it's it's not... Have we ever had know, a fucking fat joke about Banny, Benny? Uh, I mean, I think there probably We've have a, been jokes about how much he eats or something. How much he like, eats, but not his size. No, ne- never to never to the degree that it is about Al's mom. No, like it's it's ne- like and most of the jokes about Benny are that he is lazy and slovenly. And I, you know, the show, and I it's, think by it's mostly about free food. Yeah, free food. Yeah. And like a moocher. Yeah, like that. So like there's a but, you know, so maybe the show is, you know, doing something about qualities that it associates with with people of, of, of his dimensions, but it never is actively going after him for being fat in every every scene and every mention. OK, I'm going to yeah. let you take it for a second. I got I to gotta, I gotta rewrap my brain here. I mean, so, uh, you know, I'll just I'll just move us along because the next scene, Wilson, we see Wilson. He's going to be officiating the funeral, and well, he's. I don't. Uh, I don't want to skip too far away from what's going on with Jill too, because there's a recurring joke with with Jill stuff here that I mentioned earlier. Feels a little bit out of character. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Yes, she she has. Uh, you know, Cal comes up to her, and, and you know, she's giving her. You know, 
you know, giving her condolences to Cal and Cal says, you know, she asks how he's doing and Cal says, well, you know, I'm sad, but I'm trying to be strong. And then, and then Jill tells him, well, you know, it's okay to grieve. Like that's what funerals are for. And then Cal, you know, starts sobbing and runs off and, and demands to be buried in the casket with his mother. And so there's a joke there about how, how, you know, Tim is like, oh, you really, you want to be a therapist? And then, Later, when when Benny is talking to them, he offers them snacks, and Jill says something like, you shouldn't be eating snacks here, this is a funeral, you're supposed to be sad or something, and so then Benny starts crying or something like that. I don't know, I, like, I was, I was not giving this episode any more scrutiny than it deserved. <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe I shouldn't either. Yeah, um... Look, I want to talk about Wilson because the, the this this scene with Wilson is one of the rare jokes that is not about Al's mom. We, okay. We get Wilson. He's kind of writing up his eulogy and getting stuff put together. Uh, he and but he you know mentions to Tim, oh well, I haven't done a ceremony since I haven't done this since my last ceremony back in Pago Pago. And then t- Tim walks away, and Wilson just is kind of like crossing out his notes and just going substitute Heavenly Father for Lizard King. <laughs> Which is yeah, kind of funny, you know. Uh, you know, Wilson uh, Wilson traveled traveled to some wild places and has some has some eccentric habits. <laughs> Let's laugh at Wilson for a sec. Isn't Wilson fun? Ha 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 ha. Yeah. Um, and then so you know we're back to we're back with Al and he's uh, talking with. Uh, Talking with Tim and Jill about all the good times that he used to have with his mom, and like, and this is like again, this is, it's like you have to be a, a truffle pig, and like snort through all of the mud <laughs> and dirt of this episode to find tiny nuggets of moments that are kind of sweet, and and certainly Richard Carn's performance where he's speaking about you know the great times they used to have and how she'd take him to the park to fly kites and do things like that. There's a joke about a teeter totter, and. He is, he even says to Tim that, you know, I just think my mom didn't want me to marry Trudy. And Tim says, well, did she say that? And Al says, no, but I think actions speak louder than words. And I'm going to say, that's really funny. That is well written. That is a good joke. <laughs> that is a funny joke that is well delivered. And I like that joke. I, I don't disagree with you. It's just, it, it makes it more audacious that this show it doesn't allow me to laugh at it because it, yeah. everything that the context for why it's being said. Yeah. Um, you know, so Wilson kicks off the ceremony and, and talks a little bit about Al's mom and uh, then introduces Al to get up and speak and give his eulogy. But Al is too overcome with grief to do it. Cal also can't speak. So Wilson asks if anyone there wants to speak up to honor Alma and then Tim volunteers and, Tim gets up and goes to the podium, and I'm going to say, when he started doing this, a part of me was thinking, like, I know the show's not going to do this, but I would love it if he gave a really touching tribute, yes. or he, like, wrestled in some way with what he's been, or ex- expressed some remorse for what he's done. And yes, I, 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 this shocked me as much as them appearing in the Taylor house shocked you. Yeah, because I'm like, there, there's no way that they're going to make a joke out of someone dying on camera, and then be at the funeral, and then joke about her being in the casket. That yeah. is like a bridge too far. Yep. Yeah, and you know, Tim gets up and he gives this eulogy, and 
he opens it by saying, this is hard because as most of you know, I've spent a lot of years making fun of Alma on Tool Time. It was just like, okay, okay dude, great. Just, it just turned you. into a plug for your show. <laughs> great, thank you. Yeah. What yep. you probably don't know is she was a huge fan. She had a great sense of humor uh-huh. and a great spirit about her. And that's such a fucking cop out. It makes me so mad that it's like <laughs> that it like this this happens this has happened before with like with uh with Jill's mom and you know when it's you know Tim has been making all these mother-in-law jokes and then when she shows up it's like oh yeah oh but she loves those jokes. She's got a great sense of humor. It's not bad that I've been doing this. No, everything I do is okay. They all know I'm just kidding. It's okay to say mean things when you're smiling at someone. They know that I'm just joking around. No, it's cool. I'm not racist. I'm just saying this. Hey, folks, I'm Seth MacFarlane. I voted for Obama, but I still put racist humor in every episode of my show Family Guy, thereby normalizing it and empowering an entire generation of dudes to vote for Trump. I (laughs) just really uh, (laughs) unlocked a number of things for us. You talked about Oppenheimer. Uh, (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. I'm not saying don't don't go see Oppenheimer. I'm just saying go see Barbie first. Okay, fine, fine. I, you know, and he he. It's just he gives this speech, which is kind of like nominally sweet, but basically the whole and, and you know and and he ends it by saying, you know, well, he, it's not even that sweet. It, it, I think the heart of it's trying to be sweet, but like every other thing he says, like she was a huge fan, has this unintended innuendo to it that the audience. Yeah in the funeral starts to pick up on. And once Tim starts getting laughter, then he starts like leaning into it. And, you know, he's, he's loosened up the crowd for Al to be able to get up and talk. And And it's like, come on. And he also like, he, he says everywhere she went, she left a big impression and people laugh. And then Tim goes, that was her favorite joke. And it's like, well, so, so what, like by, (laughs) by, like you invite her into the, like it, the whole point of the eulogy is basically to convince us as the audience, like, hey, we, this show has been super cruel to this woman the whole time, but she loved every minute of it. She loved getting mercilessly Not that never roasted. Show you that. Yeah, no, no, no. You just have to take Tim's word for it. You have to take take l- listen to her her biggest and most public abuser. Um, <laughs> yeah, l- let's hear her side of the argument now. Cricket, cricket, cricket. Oops, I guess she's missed her opportunity. Uh oh. <laughs> um. So here, okay, let me, let me, let me point something out that I, I find charming. Yeah. If you can believe it. Yeah. I What's Elle's mom's it. name? Alma. Al-ma. <laughs> <laughs> a little That's charming. Good. Yeah, it's a little charming. Trace, trace amounts of charmingness there. <laughs> um, so, uh, Tim also in his eulogy works in saying to Al that, you know, I uh, basically that I know I knew your mom and she would want you to share the love she gave you with someone who you love. And then that's, you know, so then Al gets up and speaks. He says about, you know, he talks about how great his mom was a little bit. And then he proposes to Heidi in the middle of his eulogy. (sighs) Dollar in the jar. Trudy. He proposes to Trudy. That would be a fucking plot twist if he proposed to (laughs) Heidi, though. Seriously. That would just would just would just kick your dick off of a of a plot twist. Everything it might, it might have turned this episode around if that happened. I I mean if it's just like this show is pure chaos now. We you don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> ne- next episode they're all working at a U.S. Army hospital in Korea. Episode after that it's in space. Nothing makes sense anymore. Um. So, 
but he proposes to Trudy, who accepts. This is the second time that Al has done a marriage proposal at a wildly inappropriate time. Was the other one on air? It was when he when he proposed to to uh, Eileen like right after their first date on Tool Time, like season oh, that's three right. or yeah. some shit. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Oh my god. Um, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fin- finish with the last joke of this, and then I I've got one note that fills me with some level of joy. Much like this episode, you've got one note. Um, so, well, first there's a joke that is actually kind of good, where Wilson says, Al and Trudy, this is truly a joyous occasion. Now let's proceed to the grave site, which it's good. It's funny. Uh, uh, but no, hints, then, of, hints of what that other episode is, where it's not all about fat jokes, it's about Al and Trudy. Exactly. Uh, and then uh, Wilson calls for the pallbearers to come and take their places at the coffin, and he, you guessed it, calls like 15 people to gather around the coffin to carry it out. Technically, so. it's 17. That's what the IMDb trivia says. Wow, great trivia, IMDb. Love it. Love it so much. Okay. <laughs> Here's what I I love. William yeah. O'Leary has no lines. No. <laughs> He's, He's in this scene. I love that William O'Leary basically just got paid to sit in a chair. Yeah, man. And he, do- you know what? And he crushes it. And he crushes it. Dude just is like a, dude Al's is mom sitting in a chair. Oh, yeah, yeah, take that, man. Um, yeah, no, he, yeah, he's he's great. Like I, I, I think that he had the greatest honor of all, which was that his head was used to block Wilson's face at one point. Which oh, is oh, that's right. The, yes, the, the 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 greatest achievement any actor can have in their career. <laughs> I hope that sentence is real. Um yeah. mm. <sighs> we go to black, we come back to a stinger where um Tim comes home and Jill is reading a magazine. What's going on here? I uh, this what what's going on here is just scaffolding and setup and preparation <laughs> and like extensive uh uh excuses for why uh Basically, uh, Al and Trudy want to get married in their backyard, and Jill is like, why the fuck would they do that? Well, uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's a private and intimate location, and Trudy had her first wedding at the gigantic mansion she lives in because she's rich, so there's bad memories, so they want an intimate place to do it. And it's like, yeah, it's not like there's places you can rent to get married. Especially if you're a millionaire. Yeah, yeah, it's not like those places are wildly expensive, especially if you live in, say, Southern California, maybe even prohibitively expensive. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, uh, so, but, um, yeah, so it's like, and then she says, why don't they do it at Al's house? And Tim goes, well, I'm, well, Al's landlord is keeping a lot of car parts in his backyard. And Jill says, but you're his landlord. And Tim goes, well, would you rather I keep the car parts in our yard? And Jill goes, you know what, our yard is really, our house is really great for a wedding, so... You guessed it, folks. It's a budget-friendly wedding location. Mm-hmm. Do you think uh, that's ever going to come back to play in the show? No, no. I think I again. I think the last three episodes will be set in space. <laughs> no wedding at all. It's just Galaxy gonna... Quest is the end of Tommy Improvement. Oh my god, dude. That's that is that is pretty good. That would uh, actually no. That's not pretty good because I don't want to associate Galaxy Quest, a movie I love, with anything about. Home Improvement, a show that thus far is on track to end in a pretty dark place. <laughs> um. Oh God. I. Okay. Do Do you want to make predictions for the the three part finale? I mean, there's. I I think there's going to be a wedding. That, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, that's usually the thing. Like, there's usually a death. There's usually a wedding. There's usually a a big 
this is the time they can change the status quo. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. We, we do you think there will be another death beyond Al's mom? I don't think anybody else is going to die. I really don't. I think tool yeah, time. Be, mm-hmm. Like, There's going to be some huge tool time conflict. Maybe the show winds up getting canceled or something, or Tim quits the show because of creative differences. Um, Brad gets accepted to UCLA. We've um, already seen that, though. Uh, Brad gets accepted again to UCLA. He gets, <laughs> he gets to go to double college. So he can be double Double smart. accepted? <laughs> Whoa! Um, <laughs> hey, yo! <laughs> yeah exactly he relaunches hey yo as a campus zine um uh-huh. do you think randy I, comes back no i don't think randy comes back because my friend landon told me after the christmas episode that that is a oh, series right. rap on jonathan taylor thomas <laughs> bitch i'm sorry <laughs> yeah i'm sorry too i hate having this knowledge i don't know maybe there's a tape recording of him but i don't even want to i don't even want to assume that'll happen um so i don't know what do you yeah okay what do you i was gonna say what do you think this arc of three episodes is going to be i mean i think that the i think that the a plot is probably going to be tool time uh or, or you know i well you know they're going to set up set up the wedding happening and and some big conflict with tool time and i think tim is going to have to do something that he doesn't want to do al let's, is going to let's have go down to... let's go down the list i because we're not going to ever get to do this again okay Okay, let's go down the list of the main characters, and you give me what you think the closure is going to be for that character. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's start with Tim the Toolman Taylor. Uh, yeah, quits quits tool time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jill. Uh, I think that PhD program that she was talking about. I think she she goes into that more more schooling, more therapist stuff. Okay. Was it a PhD program? I think that was what they mentioned earlier. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was something relating to like more schooling. More schooling. Okay, I, I didn't catch that. So, yeah. um, okay, Heidi. Uh, Heidi, you know, uh, I, I don't know. She probably her career blows. Maybe, maybe she hosts. Maybe she takes over hosting Tool Time or something like that. I don't know. My guess is she gets no closure at all. Yeah. Um, my, my, my guess is that she wears a tight dress to the wedding, and Al and uh, and Brad looks at her and goes, Awooga. Uh, okay, then Brad. Uh, Brad, uh, his eyes pop out of his head when he sees Heidi in the dress, and uh, mm-hmm. he bangs himself on the head with a cast iron skillet so hard that he actually loses one of his admissions to UCLA, so he only goes to single college, not double college. Oh, single college. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mark, do you think they'll give Mark any closure? No, I think he'll be, he'll be making the wedding video. I think and ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I feel something like that. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's basically as long as you give Mark a video camera in the final episodes. Like that's yeah. he's well. We we've done our job. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah, that's his thing. Remember, that's the thing that he yeah, does. I, I remember. Uh, what about? Uh, I'm trying to decide between the last two. Uh, what about Wilson? Uh, you know, I mean, Wilson's officiating the wedding for sure, but I think otherwise Wilson's just going to keep doing yeah. Wilson. We're not going to see his face. I'll tell you that much. Okay. Uh, what about, you don't think we'll see his face? I don't think there's going to be like a big reveal of his face. No. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't remember. That, oh, okay. Can you believe that? I, I, that's I, one thing I, I do not recall. You, you looked on the face of Wilson and erased your brain like men in black, you know? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and what about what about Al? 
I mean, that seems uh, pretty self-evident, but... Yeah, Al's gonna get married to the love of his life, live happily ever after. Maybe Al takes over Tool Time, or gets some mm. other Tool show or something. But yeah, like, the, the show is going to set Al up for the best life ever. Uh, here's hoping. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. He's um, Yeah, I, I, I think those are pretty pretty good predictions um I'm <laughs> well thank you you've curious. seen you've you've seen it so i'm i'm uh, i do but i don't remember like all i remember is uh, the wedding really i so and i have okay i guess this is time to go into it i i have one more thought mm-hmm. now that since we started doing this from season one i've had this image in my head and i Knew it was from the final episodes. And I, I'm very nervous. I don't know if I want to mention it to you now. Mm. Uh, or if I want it to, to see if it, it comes to fruition or not. And I mean, longtime listeners will remember, I, I said at one point, uh, maybe in an early season, like two or three, that there is something hidden in the opening theme song that I think alludes to how the series ends. Oh my God. They really are going to turn into flowers. (laughs) There's a lot of toxic waste in the last couple episodes and some weird mutations are happening. I mean, again, completely Um, off the rails, (laughs) you know, fuck it. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll say what I think it is. Cause I, I, it's one of these potential Mandela effects for me where, this is what I remember happening, and I'll be curious myself to see if it comes to fruition this way. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I can't say it because it gives away something I know that happens. Fuck. Okay. Well, that's um, that's that's fine. Man, yeah. It'll be a surprise. Okay. It'll be a surprise for all of us, mainly for then, me. Let Let me just be very emphatic by saying what I have in my head. If it doesn't happen the way I exactly think it does, I will be very forthcoming with that when we actually talk about what happens or if it happens at all. I uh, I trust you to be an honest broker on that one, man. And uh, and and we'll just you know we'll just see we'll just see. Okay. Um, we got a few things left to do in this episode. Do you want to uh, stop talking about the bullshit of this episode and start talking about? the character actors that are in it oh i'd love to start talking about the character actors in this episode landon let's let's talk about them and let's be much kinder to them than anyone in this episode was yeah oh, i couldn't do that i no, it was no. i was going for like a david lee roth intro song and or i just csi uh, miami yeah <laughs> that's what it ended up being and i got very self-conscious in the middle of it and i, <laughs> I got bashful yeah. um okay let's talk <laughs> a little bit about morgan wandell yeah, the new producer what? at Tool Time. Did this guy look familiar to you? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I can't ask you that question very many more times. So I, I don't know. I like, I, I, I guess no. He did not look familiar to me, but I've probably seen him in something. What, what's he from? What's his deal? Well, as I knocked the microphone over, um, the okay, I remember him being. Much more, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I just remember him being bigger in my youth than he is. He passed away, unfortunately, in 2012 at the age of 40, uh, and only has 17 credits. The okay. last one being 
the uh, Gary Shandling movie, uh, What Planet Are You From? Oh, the, great. The Classic. Mike Nichols movie. Classic. Yep. Uh, but I think it was just, there were two movies in particular, three, three movies in particular that just played all of the time on Comedy Central and HBO that uh, really, wait a minute. Sorry, I just got distracted by another credit of this. The three movies that uh, played over and over and over again were um, Blast from the Past with Alicia mm-hmm. Silverstone and Brendan Fraser. Of course, classic. Uh, IQ with Tim Robbins, Meg Ryan, and Walter Matthau playing. Gotta love that. Albert yeah. Einstein. <laughs> yep, yep. The and, Einstein rom-com. And the uh, uh, really weird, dark comedy that... No one seems to know anything about, but it has so many people in it. Uh, My Boyfriend's Back. Oh, yeah. Are you familiar with that movie? I'm familiar with the song, and I feel like I've heard of the movie. I mean, the song's classic going back to, you know, early rock and roll girl group days. It's directed by none other than Bob Balaban. What? (laughs) And it's basically like a teenage love story where this nerdy kid, uh, nerdy guy, dies um, and comes back to life because he wants to ask his sweetheart to prom. And she's the the hottest girl in school, and he never has a chance with her. But when he comes back, he crawls out of the grave to ask her to prom, and she feels sorry for him, so she says yes. But then he's like a rotting zombie slowly through the film and like starts falling apart. That's that's uh, an unexpectedly gross turn, much like much yeah, of this episode. It, and it's a comedy movie. Now it has uh, Danny Zorn plays his best friend, um, but it also has a young Ma- Matthew Fox from Lost. Oh wow! Uh, J. O. Sanders, who I feel like we covered on one of our movies, but a young Philip Seymour Hoffman. Ooh, okay. Now I'm listening. <laughs> and uh, Cloris Leachman's also in it. Huh, um, huh. Anyway, this movie played so much in my youth, and uh, I don't think it's a good film. I think it's probably a pretty bad film, but it just holds so much. Uh, I don't hold holds so much memories for me. Here's the the credit that I just kind of gulked at here. Gulked is that a gulked. word? Yeah, sure, it's a gulked. word. Go for it. Yeah, he was in a TV series for one episode called The Cosby Mysteries. Oh, what? I mean... Bill Cosby <laughs> plays... Just some mysterious a... stuff that happened there, but... Uh... <laughs> Bill Cosby plays uh, Guy Hanks, a criminologist uh, who works for the New York Police Department. It's a comedy mm. crime drama. Great. Okay. Fun. Fun. Starring Bill Cosby. Okay. Yeah. I mean, not... Uh, you know... Uh, they were, Rita they were Moreno. Trying, they were trying to franchise that guy out a million different ways. Uh, they could. They yeah. couldn't all be hits, I guess. <laughs> he was trying to franchise himself out. Uh, um, yuck, yuck. Seventeen yuck. credits was Danny Zorn, who died in 2012, after the run of uh, ER. Was Danny Zorn on ER? I'm gonna say no. He was not on ER. It was on an episode of Law and Order. Oh, okay. But he wasn't on ER. He was on an episode of The Pretender. Yep, yep, but he wasn't on ER. So who's the who's the next one? 
<laughs> Danny Zorn was not on ER. Okay, nice, moving nice. on to what's his name? Dirk Brodsky, the Dirk Brodsky. South African jeweler at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> Dirk Brodsky, known for his famously wide skiing equipment. Yes. <laughs> uh Dick Ulet, or I'm sorry, Nick Ulet uh plays this character. He is most known for playing a pirate jailer in Hook. Okay. Okay. Uh he was a writer for Playboy After Dark. He wrote twenty six episodes. Ooh, after day what what what's the daytime Playboy though? Like what is Playboy doing during daylight hours? I only think of Playboy as an after dark institution. It's not like it's like they're all putting yeah. on suits and ties during the day and like going I don't know. Just Yeah, lounging around, doing some vacuuming. Yeah. Exactly. Loads of laundry. <laughs> yeah, well I mean it, it does take a lot of work to keep that mansion uh looking relatively clean. <laughs> uh he has twenty five credits going all the way back to nineteen sixty seven wow. NBC experiment in television in which he wrote and starred in an episode. Wow. Um three oh he was on an episode of Three's a Crowd. Do you know what that is, Truman? Uh that's the uh Three's Company sequel. That is. He wow. Was in one episode of that. Uh Murphy Brown, Night Court, Blossom, The Golden Girls. Hook, mm? Home Improvement. Mm? Was he on an episode of ER? I'm feeling no, honestly. Wait, yeah, I'm feeling no. I feel like I feel like yeah. He was not on ER, but he did do a voice in Call of Duty: Finest Hour. Weird, weird, interesting. <laughs> I would never have guessed that that guy was in a Call of Duty game. That's very interesting. Uh, lastly, we have an un. We we have a credited on IMDb as uncredited actor as restaurant guest. Mm. And I, I don't know what to do with this character. He doesn't speak in the episode. The, this kind of feels like the actor found himself in the episode and listed himself on IMDb. <laughs> Respect. Respect that hustle. Uh so I, I don't know if this this counts for the, the ER game or not, but his name is uh Uwe Schwartzwalder. Uwe Schwartzwalder. Uwe Schwartzwalder. He has 57 credits. Most of them are short films. Uh, going back to... Oh, my God. Um, Will and Grace in 1998. Veronica's Closet. Uh, the Pretender. Jag. Home Improvement, Arliss, Pacific Blue, Beverly Hills, 90210, um, Monkey Bone. Monkey Bone? Oh, now I'm listening. Monkey Bone. <laughs> um, Rush Hour 3, The Muppets. Oh. 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 He played a cop, an uncredited oh. cop in The Muppets. A Muppet Cop. Uh, NCIS that's... Los Angeles. Was he on an episode of ER? That's the comedy crime drama I want to see, Muppet Cop, uh, which is basically Bear on Patrol from the Muppet Show. Um, uh, I'm going to say, yes, he was on ER. Uncredited re restaurant patron was on an episode of MDs mm. <laughs> playing cop, MD's but not nuts. on an episode of ER. That's too bad. That is was a it? damn shame. Is it a damn shame? No, I guess I guess it really isn't. I mean, I'm just... 
I'm just glad that this actor who didn't even speak on this Home Improvement episode had such a robust career otherwise. Do you want to guess what Trudy's last name is? Uh, uh, Srat. Her name is Trudy's Rat. (laughs) Does that come with the apostrophe? Uh, well, no, actually, it's Z-R-A-T. Trudy's Rat. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) where does she hail from originally? Uh, Zrat. I don't know, Nim or some shit? I, I don't know, uh... Yeah, Her last name is, this is the first time it's credited on IMDb, which is why I bring it up, uh, Mikhail. Mm. Oh, I'm a fan of, fan of that Navy, yes. Are you? No, I'm not, but that's the only <laughs> thing I've got for Mikhail, short of okay, Joel great. Mikhail. I'm a fan of Joel Mikhail, I like that, but that's not as funny as Mikhail's Navy joke. Maybe. Truman, we are done with Character Actor Corner. Uh, uh, we only have a couple more left to do, and maybe not even that many. Wow. Because there will be no character actors in the next three episodes. It's possible. Yeah, could be. Could be. Well, then that leaves us with just one question that you have okay. to answer. Uh-huh. That's right. That sounds pretty good. I like that a lot, yeah. actually. I didn't think about it. I, I just realized you were going into the grunt count and uh, panicked, and it just came out of me. That- <laughs> I panicked, and it just came out of me. That's an evergreen <laughs> statement. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say there are a whole lot of no grunts here. Well, Landon, you are absolutely 100% right. There were no grunts in this episode. Uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a gruntless episode. They were too busy, uh, making fun of a dead lady to grunt at all. <laughs> Great. Oh, you get, yeah, I got the crematorium going, <laughs> more power. No, nothing like <laughs> oh that. Oh my God. Oh my God. I mean... That is crass, but uh, uh, where I mean, this episode ended up, I would not be surprised. <laughs> I mean, Tim getting hyped up about a super-powered crematorium or, like, what kind of backhoe they're using to, like, dig out the grave or something. Right. Like, that would be funny. Like, if it's, like, I'm I'm down for jokes that are about Tim being hyped up about funeral stuff as it pertains to tools, not just jokes about hey this woman was fat therefore we mock her like and any yeah th- th- so much shit would have worked and it didn't they just didn't <laughs> even try oh god truman i dare ask what did we learn from this episode we learned we learned to be kind to people i didn't know oh. i didn't know that i had to be kind before but i've learned now from this episode it's just important to be kind what did you learn? <laughs> that, that's a, that's a damn important that's a damn important lesson. Yeah, I learned. What did I learn? I learned that money speaks, and mm. money, as corrupt as it makes us, can also provide opportunity. So, if you have money to spare. Spend it on Greta Gerwig and not Christopher wow. Nolan on the opening <laughs> weekend wow. of Barbie versus Oppenheimer. I'm not saying but don't see Oppenheimer. I'm just saying see Barbie in its first days so that it hits number one. Hey, look, I'm uh, listen, Landon. I'm not going to see Oppenheimer on opening weekend. I'm also not going to see Barbie on opening weekend because I'm going to be on an island with no movie theaters. So I'm I'm doing a little buy of what a ticket. You want. I, well, I'm not going to do that. Sorry. Uh <laughs> I'm going to see Barbie. <laughs> I'll buy two tickets to Barbie for that matter. It's just not going to happen on opening weekend. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, that's what I learned this week. Um, 
I guess, do you have anything else we didn't cover in this episode? No, I didn't. I'd like to cover this episode less. I'd like to cover this episode with dirt and 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 put a no, not even Barry. put a marker there. Unmarked grave for this episode. <laughs> well, I hope that uh, there's some excellent uh, uh, three-way um, uh, treasure hunting climax that happens at the end of a epic western. Yeah, uh, I th- I, something I, good I, coming from this. I'm sorry. All I heard was was you say three way and climax. I'm so. What are we What are we talking about? <laughs> we have to end our episodes getting horny too. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! The dancing oh, is God. beginning. <laughs> if you, if you, oh my God! We have three episodes left, and if you just want to help us cross the finish line. Please consider becoming a Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod because your money not only gets you access to the entire archive of Gruntwork Nights, but your hard-earned cash goes towards helping us transition from this show to the next. And it's going to be a, a bit of a a bit of a thing. There's going to be mm-hmm. a little bit of a time period. Not long, not super long, but a little, a little long. And we'll talk about how what we're gonna give you during that time, but uh, or, or how that's gonna look. Yeah, we'll talk about how that's gonna look uh, as yeah. far as us and you between that time. Um, very clear, very clear. Uh, but we need we need some help to get to get the next thing off the 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 path, and we're gonna do some bonus episodes too, just because we're ending um, with the finale next week we we have a big super spectacular which we've got some surprises lined up for you we got some more bonus episodes we still have movies to do yeah so so you haven't heard the last of us yet and your money goes towards helping us do those keep the mics plugged in keep the podcast hosting going and helping us get to the next show which we will make a big announcement soon um leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts because it helps people find the show, especially now that it's on Hulu and Disney+. Plus. So we're getting an influx of people, uh, which is awkward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it's a weird, weird time for this to be happening. Uh, appreciated, but a little... It's like we're, we're leaving the party and someone walks in right... <laughs> the last second wants to talk to us. Yes, exactly, exactly. We're trying to Irish goodbye this thing, but uh, people just keep showing up and being English. <laughs> uh, but we appreciate it, and uh, any any communication you want to do, you can do uh, mostly on Instagram, at GruntWorkPod. Uh, feel free to join our Discord, which which ebbs and flows in terms of discourse, but has, has persisted for a few years now, and always have a good time over there. Um, yes. And... I guess uh, you can look at our website where we have a bunch of additional information on uh, all of our episodes, um, bonus episodes of the past coming soon. Um, anything else? Uh, what's what? Where can they go to that website? Which is www.grotworkpodcast.com. You're just, just throwing me for loops. <laughs> I've got senioritis. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I guess until next week. Oh, we're not doing it next week. We're, no, we're, we're taking not. a little bit of break. We're yeah. going to take a breather. We've got some personal things going on. We want to go into the three-part finale without distractions. So I think we're going to be off for the next week or two. Yes. But we will be back with the finale and see this thing through to its end. We hope you'll join us. Uh, Until then, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And remember, I, I don't know. 
don't remember anything about this, actually. Just go live your life and be kind to people. See you, Barbie!